This week's episode is sponsored by Audible. We're going to be talking about a ton of great books that we've read over the last year. And if you want to get a free download of any audiobook, go to investlikeaboss.com slash audio. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 81 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with Sam Marks. What's up, buddy? Johnny, happy new year. It's 2018 and a very, very happy new year to all of our listeners out there in boss land, planet earth, 2018. Let's make it a big year. I like it. It's going to be the best year ever financially and also everything else we're, we're looking forward to. So started off, where are you, Sam? <laughs> You'll get a kick out of this, but I'm, I'm in my enterprise rental car. And I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, and I, I've set this up for uh, as a makeshift podcasting office just for this episode with so you, Johnny. So Sam went because, from multimillionaire uh, to homeless living <laughs> and working out of his car. Great way to kick off the year. It's a uh, it's a strong start to the year, but no, I'm I'm visiting friends. It's it's late here, as you know. It's uh, 8 p.m. and everyone's having a first of the year bash. There's dogs and. 15 people, a lot of my college friends all kind of living on couches and air, air mattresses at my buddy's house. So I'd like to bring in the new year with a lot of friends and, and family and um, try to roll it out for a full week and just really get back to my roots and see old friends and stuff and catch up. So I like it. Well, even though you are halfway across the world in the US and I'm back in Chiang Mai, just got back two days ago. And it's nice to be able to see you on Skype, see you you know, and connect with all of you guys, all you listeners as well, because without you, this show would not exist. We wouldn't have all these amazing guests on. We wouldn't have 80 plus episodes now. So big thank you to all of you. Even before we get this week's episode started, big thank you to everyone who's left reviews on iTunes and everywhere else. And also just told your friends about the show because without you, this podcast would not exist. Sam and I would not have an excuse to FaceTime every single week and catch up. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate you. And I'm so happy. Like reflecting on this year, this has been, it's been by far, I think, and definitely my best year investing. I would say the same for you, Johnny. And the amount of things that we've learned, just looking at how we've individually tailored our personal asset allocations over the last year and changed them up. We've learned a ton. We've put that to use. I hope this is all working and all the listeners are getting a lot of value out of what we're learning as well. And just uh, as I know we have a lot of new listeners on this episode, people kicking in to their New Year's resolutions, wanting to learn how to invest, make more money. Just a quick disclaimer time. Johnny and I are not financial advisors. Uh, and just so everyone who's new li listeners to the, uh, to the podcast know, Johnny and I typically record, uh, record a new episode every week with guests that we find to be experts in all types of financial uh, financial and investing expertise. And occasionally, John and I will do a one-off one -off episode like this just to catch up, usually quarterly, or talk about a specific niche that we know uh, a lot about in the investing topic. So this is, a, this is our New Year's episode, and we're going to recap a lot of good stuff, including what we did in 2017 in our investing portfolios. As well as what we either messed up on or what we would have <laughs> did differently. I know I have a For big sure. list of not only, you know, the things that did really well, but the things that 
I should have gotten into, I even talked about getting into and I just didn't. And I think that's actually the one thing that stops the most people from being successful with investing is we just don't do it. You know, we, we think about mm-hmm. it, we put it off. I mean, you know, hopefully none of you guys listening are putting off investing, but there's a ton of people who don't really think about it until, you know, five, 10 years before they want to retire. And they're like, Oh no, now we got to catch up. So the fact that we have a lot of listeners that are in their early to mid or even late twenties or even thirties that are already thinking about investing and ha- building a, a passive income source for retirement, that is the best gift you can give yourself. Uh, and the education is the best gift you can give to your friends, your family, to your loved ones, and you know, really to the world. So we're really excited to have this podcast. Uh, in this episode, we are going to basically break down everything that, that we've done this past year and hopefully be able to guide you in your journey, uh, let you learn from our mistakes. But to be honest, I think 2017 was such a bullish year where you could have been an idiot and you could have made money. What, 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 are, your, what are your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm looking at what we're invested in and how we ended up on the year. And I want to say that we learned so much through doing the podcast that (laughs) we made great decisions. But the truth is, you could have been invested in almost any asset class, and you would have done very well this year. So while we've spent a lot of time in past episodes talking about mistakes that we've made, I think this year is not so much mistakes, because I actually made very few mistakes, at least financially this year. But more the missed opportunities of things going back and looking and saying, wow, I really wish I had gotten more into this or more into this and stuck into some of the principles that we learned about investing versus taking some money off the table. So I look at this more as my portfolio was great. I know yours was great, Johnny. I know a lot of our listeners were great at the end of this year. I look at more as what were the mistakes I made by not sticking to principles and trying to time the market or make decisions based on emotions. And that's what I'm trying to improve for 2018. Yeah, I 100% agree. And if anything, I think what we've done and learned this year in 2017, and hopefully all of you have done with your own personal portfolios, is you set it up to be diversified. So if there is a big downturn, or you know, if there was a downturn this year, we wouldn't have been wiped out. Because everybody's a genius when the markets are up, you know, if you were a hundred percent Bitcoin this year, you were a mad genius. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you were a hundred percent anything and you just had bad luck or just things turned around, you could have been the biggest loser in the world. And that's what we want to prevent. We want to, we want to have the biggest possible upside as well as being diversified enough where the next time there is going to be a big recession or there's going to be a, a bubble bursting that we will be protected. And that's the goal. And this is this year is a good a good reference to why people always say the rich get richer and the poor stay poor and why that is true because the rich if you if you're investing 50 million dollars this year and all you are is in index funds you killed it you made 20% and that's a ton of money when you're investing millions and millions of dollars if you weren't invested this year you missed a huge opportunity and that's I think one of the biggest things that we're learning is the more time that you're invested in the markets, not just trying to time the markets, but just the total time that you're invested in markets and in investments is the leading indicator. And this year, there's no better year I can remember in the last 10 years to, you know, to be heavily invested in a lot of different asset classes. So before we even get to the fun stuff about, you know, 
the travel and the living and the goals and the books we've read. Let's actually jump straight in to the investments itself because I think that's what people were really excited about. What did your portfolio look like in 2017 this past year? What were your biggest big hitters? Any, did you have any losses and did you have any regrets? Oh, all right. So if, if everyone uh, is on our mailing list, Johnny and I sent out an email that is going to go do a big recap of the year and also is a, a clue into what our personal investment portfolios look like. There's nice pie charts in there that show what we're actually invested in. So I, as well as you, had big winners. We have a lot of the same investments. I'll just say that the biggest move that I made this year was getting into municipal bond funds. Uh, if you guys want to listen more about the reason why, there's an episode. We'll leave a link in the show notes with Michael Foster talking specifically about municipal bond funds. But I moved about out 9%, uh, 8 or 9% of my total investing portfolio into municipal bond funds. I did that for the tax-free earnings. That was my biggest change in my asset allocation model this year. But man, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about some winners and we'll talk about a couple of losers as well. But I think a lot of our winners are going to overlap Johnny. So I'll say the first one was Art of FX, which was a very cool, I think it ended at 21%. That's the third year up double digit returns. We become great friends with Brian and Tang, who are the lead traders. And I know over the first two years that we've been talking about this, Johnny, we've been saying, I don't know where to put this. It's super high risk. You know, now I'm starting to get a lot more confidence because I keep spending more time with the guys and seeing how they actually trade. And it just keeps dialing in these really nice double digit returns year after year. Yeah. So my year to date on that one is 19.02%, which is insane. I mean, I think in total in the two years that I've been invested with RFX, I'm up 48%, which is, you know, way higher than stocks or in, or index funds or for any of that. Um, I actually feel like they've been less um, volatile this year. I, I feel like the, you know, back in 2016 or maybe even before, they were kind of bigger risk takers and things were kind of going, you know, shooting up and down more. But I feel like yeah. this last year, it was pretty steady growth. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. I mean, I don't like that I was either. getting <laughs> if, it, it's so funny cuz you do if you look at if you look at the chart of the the gains, it's just like Johnny said, like the first year super spiky, high volatility, but we we're getting like 33% returns. Now if you look at it, the line is so smooth. It it's it's reassuring and relaxing to look at the line. It's just this kind of very straight line, nice nice progress, 20% gains on the year. But I don't know. I just I feel like it's lost a little bit of its edge and it's moving getting a little bit more conservative. I'm sure it's I'm sure they're changing up their their investing, you know, in the trading philosophy a little bit, but have zero complaints. It's been a great experience with them so far. My account has now in three years fully doubled. So they I owe them a lot. They bought me basically a Maserati, nice Maserati. And um, I continue I plan to keep this account going and rolling for a long time. Okay. I like it a lot. And you know what's funny is I think it was a few months ago, if not a year ago, I actually emailed Brian and Tang and said, Hey guys, just let you know, I don't mind if there's a big drawdown. Just go ahead and <laughs> ramp up the volatility on my account. And they actually replied like really thoughtfully, you know, and they're like, and explained why they don't, you know, they don't want that and they don't want to risk my money. They, they want to just have steady gains. And I was like, okay, you know, that's prudent. I'm not going to be upset, you know, because that is probably the smartest way to go. But at the same time, you know, when I put money into Forex, which is a very volatile market with a high risk, high return, 
in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Let's let's roll the dice. Hey, Brian and Tang, if you guys are listening, Johnny has just uh, agreed to have you ratchet up the account five times leverage. He wants a big 2019. Yeah. 18. And, and 2019. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so speaking speaking of big returns, man, if you're inv- if you're invested in Bitcoin and holding 1500 percent returns this year, 1500 percent. So my biggest regret with Bitcoin, because if you go back to the old episodes, I've been talking about my strategy now for a year. And the only reason why it took me so long to get into it is I was living in Indonesia and I was living in in Ukraine, two places where people don't like you opening accounts or transferring money in and out of. And so I had to use like a VPN to, you know, spoof that I was back in the US, had a bunch of flags, you know, um, that my bank raised. So I just, it just took me way too long to even get in and open my accounts. And by the time I did, the the prices were much higher. So if I had actually just followed my advice, uh, or hopefully some of you guys you know, had <laughs> kind of followed my plan, you guys would be very rich by now. Uh, my other my other big regret is actually uh, sold a bit early. I ended up in total with three Bitcoin, and my goal was to to sell off two and you know and just you know for a profit and then just hold on to one pretty much forever. And that was my my plan. That was my goal. You know, if you guys had heard it. And I panicked and because I, I saw there was a, a slight profit and I was like, you know what? Let me just get rid of all of these and uh, move out of Bitcoin because it's, it's too volatile for me and put that money into something else. And my plan was actually to put it into Ethereum, which is another big cryptocurrency. And because I was so happy to just unload the Bitcoin for small profit, I completely forgot to even put in the <laughs> buy order for Ether and that money had just been sitting in my account. Wow. Well, who knows, Johnny, you might in three months, we might turn around and say you're the smartest guy in the room because Bitcoin could be trading at a hundred bucks, you know? So we don't know how it's going to play out. I don't have a, I, every single week that I study this stuff, my opinion changes, but I'll tell you one thing. When you see the prices slide on Bitcoin as they have been, you start thinking back to the fundamentals that w- what's the value in this? Where, where's the intrinsic value? And to me, that the picture is becoming more clear that there is none. There's good technology in the blockchain, which I think ultimately would be adopted by banks and potentially even governments to run be- be- better financial, you know, policies. But I don't know where this stuff's going to go. We've re- released a lot of episodes on this, guys. If you haven't listened to it, we'll leave links in the show notes. I think now we have four episodes dedicated to Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. But needless to say, if you were a holder of Bitcoin when the year started and you're still holding Bitcoin now, you made returns that are unprecedented in most investing in asset classes. So enjoy the profits and make sure to remember to take profits. Yeah, so that's probably the best way you can invest in really anything that that can be potentially volatile or high risk, high return is get in early. And once you make some money, take a portion of that out of the fund and that way, you know, you'll, you'll profit no matter what happens, if it goes up or down. And then you can just let the rest of the money just, just ride. Uh, and to be honest, that was actually my original plan with Forex trading with RFX was I was going to wait until my money doubled, take out that original portion and leave the rest in to ride forever. So mm-hmm. this is kind of my goal with, with anything that is tr- potentially high risk, high reward. If you guys want to know more about Bitcoin, listen to episode 38 with Chris Dunn, uh, or, 
episode 71, where we talked about Bitcoin versus Ether. Episode 80, where we talked about mining. And I think actually it was 79 or something, where we actually talked about the 101, where we where we talked about how to actually get in uh, and what to do. Episode 78, Bitcoin 101. There you go. Yeah. So jumping from something that's super, super speculative, super volatile, to something that was very consistent for the most part this year after the election this you know public equity markets and when we're talking about public equity markets for you and me we're talking about vanguard primarily right yep so i know that mine is a little bit more dialed down than yours yours is very heavy in vti which is the total stock market i know you crushed it this year yeah so i did very very well with vti Uh, and what's funny is I had a friend who wanted to start investing as well. And, but I knew, I knew all his personality. I know that he's not going to log in every single month to buy a set amount on a certain day. Because even for me, even though that's my plan on, and I think I'm pretty disciplined, I missed a bunch of months, you know, and yeah. I had excuses or reasons why I, I didn't log in and buy X amount of shares on X amount, you know, on X day. And, it's that that cost me some money. If I had just put in the same three thousand dollars on the fifteenth, like I had planned, that I had said, yeah, then I would be a lot richer today. That was my biggest mistake of the year as well. And I remember in early in the summer or late last spring, you and I were talking about this on an episode, and we're like, you know what? I think we're going to stop the auto reinvest. Maybe pull some money off the table. I know I, I sold uh, quite a bit of stock because everyone was talking about what was coming. The winter was coming in the summer, which meant. Everyone thought that we're going to go into a recession or a huge correction and pull back. And that goes against the principles that you and I learned for sure, right? If we had just stuck to our guns, we should not have pulled money off the table. We should have stuck. Our Vanguard account is our long-term account. It's our buy and hold account. We we played with it and we lost out on some upside. Uh, it didn't kill us. It wasn't a huge mistake, but we definitely lost out on some upside. Yeah, definitely. I could have made a lot more money. I think the saving grace is that the year before I had followed my plan to put money in. Uh, mm. and now I think what we've learned, not just from this, but really from, from everything that, that we've talked about so far is when we learn the fundamentals, especially from, from experts, you know, it makes rational, prudent sense. We need to just follow what we say. You know, so everyone listening to this, follow what we say, don't necessarily follow what we do, because sometimes we end up even shooting ourselves in the foot. So listen to the experts, write down your your prudent plan when you're not emotional, when things aren't going up and down, and just follow. Yeah, good advice. I think Dan Egan from Betterment, who we had a, a great episode with, is probably grimacing if he's listening to this, because on that episode, we talked a lot about the principles in investing. Total time in the market is the only time indicator that you should follow, and talked a lot about the behavioral finance and psychology side behind investing and learned that we really should not have pulled money uh, out at that time, but we did. And now we'll take this learning and roll into 2018 and hopefully make better decisions. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if anything, this is the real true test is going to be the next time there is a market downturn or there's a bubble. Yeah. So that's going to be actually more exciting because right now, I mean, we didn't lose money. I mean, we we all made money, uh, but instead of making... 20% 20% or 30% or 40%, you know, maybe we only made 11%, which at the end of the day is still a massive gain. Uh, and we should be very happy with that. Absolutely. It's all kittens and roses right now, Johnny. Yep. I like it. So what was uh, the next kind of big one for you? So I had one, 
I invested in these Singapore REITs uh, three years ago. It was right after we sold the company and I was looking for investments and I, w- I was in Hong Kong uh, with this guy, Kevin Shea, who we had on the episode before. And he was telling me about these maple tree REITs that were based in Singapore. And I, tr- I was looking to how to invest in these and I found out the only way that you can invest in these is to fly to Singapore, get approved for a brokerage account down there by one of the, you know, one of the brokerage companies. So I went down there. It took me about a week, finally got approved, and I, w- I piled money into these REITs, which I never would do today. Like it's, it's super concentrated. I don't know anything about these companies. I literally did it on a tip from a buddy, which is you're never supposed to do. <laughs> the first year, they were basically flat. The next year, they're up, I think, 4 or 5%. This year, they were up about 33%. And because I had put so much money into them, that equated to a lot of money. And also on the way up, they're paying a five and a half, six percent dividend. So there's nice, nice cash flow coming off of these things. But they've it's a really well run company. They've been acquiring data centers and they're getting into all, all types of really innovative instead of just doing logistics and and uh, industrial types of things, they're doing a lot of modern things like acquiring data centers where uh, Amazon might be housing their their servers and stuff. So it's been cool to watch them this year and they've been soaring. So that was huge. I think they're up 32%. And I, I have about 7% of my total investment portfolio in those now. And I'm planning on keeping those for 2018. Very cool, buddy. I, I, I like that. And it just shows that sometimes we got to take a 7 or 10% risk with our money. And who knows? That could be a huge payoff. And if it isn't, then it was only 7 or 10%. Yeah. And also, I think you got, this goes with a lot of investments. You have to give it time to, to create a return and to appreciate. You know, if you go out and buy a property, a physical property in most locations today and try to sell it in a year, it's a good chance you're going to lose money because you got to pay fees and brokerage fees and taxes and, and, and all types of things, right? But if you sit on a property for eight years, 10 years, there's a good chance you might double your money. So, if I had gotten the jitters those first couple of years when it wasn't really making money and wasn't wasn't appreciating, which would have been easy to do, I would have sold at a loss and and for and not been able to get this you know this year's gain, which was impressive. Yep, very smart. Uh, so, any regrets this year uh, or any kind of bad performing investments? Um, I didn't have I didn't have any. I mean, my my biggest regrets were that we didn't stick to principles in some cases and we pulled money off the table. But, you know, a lot of that's hindsight. It's Monday morning quarterback. I have a couple private equity investments that are on the fence. Uh, they could still become successful. They could become zero. So I wouldn't say those are, are mistakes. They're just ones I'm keeping a close eye on and, and trying to learn from and be able to, to analyze, you know, better startup and private equity investments in the future. That's pretty much it, man. I mean, I have uh, my RMB investments in China. They're not great, but they've improved a little bit year over year. And nah, that's I mean, that's that's pretty much it. There's a lot of things I wish I had done more of, but this was a a touch wood, a mistake free year so far. And I have a, a long list of mistakes that we made in 2016, 2015, 2013. But I would like to say that it's the learnings of, of this podcast that have, have helped us to make better decisions and fewer mistakes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree as well. Uh, if anything, I've, I've gotten too excited with, uh, investing and 
you know, and it's especially, I mean, so the, honestly, the reason why I, I didn't want to get too much into reading into things like Bitcoin is I knew it was going to be a huge drain on my time. And yeah. unless I was willing to put a lot of money in, you know, by putting in, you know, ten, even $10,000 or $20,000 and having it consume, you know, 15 hours of my day reading on it was just not worth it. So this year was for me, uh, more about, just living, experimenting with the early retirement lifestyle to see if that's what I wanted. Uh, And the biggest kind of downside to this year was my income for the year dropped a lot because I wasn't working. Um, I think I made up for some of it by just having more kind of personal insights and happiness and just kind of getting my, my life back in order. So I'm sure in the long run, it'll make up for it again. But this year was not a big uh, focus on business and growth year. And mm-hmm. if I didn't, if, if I, if I wasn't ready to start crushing it again, I might have shot myself in the foot. Um, right. but luckily I'm back in Chiang Mai and my mind's in the right place. So 2018, watch the income reports because it's definitely going back up. So our so when we did our Q4 updates that were based on our our Q3 performance, you were actually surprised because you you did pretty well, and when you thought you weren't going to have done well, you actually made quite a bit of money and and increased your net wealth. So was that was that consistent for this last quarter, or and it and if so, is that just just not as good as the year before, which is why you don't feel like it was you know such such a successful year? Yeah. So. In 2016, mainly because I sold the dropshipping business, but also I was really just crushing it hard with my affiliate income and all just mm-hmm. different income, you know, streams. That was my best year ever. And that was at $325,000 in income for that year. Yeah. I was very Incredible. happy with that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I, I, that blew me away. I, n- I never thought that would ever happen. And the best thing about that was I was living really cheaply that year. I was, you know, spending like 1500 bucks a month. So pretty much 90% of that money went into investments. And that's kind of what set my, my entire, uh, investment portfolio, you know, up and l- allowed me right. to catch up from, from all the years of mucking about and, you know, just living cheaply in Thailand and not making money this year. Uh, it's still actually not bad. I th- you know, I made $178,000 and the, considering the fact that half the year I wasn't working and I was traveling 11 months of the year. It's, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are listening to this just, you know, when they want to slap me because it's still, I mean, I, I want to slap you because I'm, I want to slap myself. I'm like, dude, that's, that's amazing <laughs> because you, because yeah. you were in maintenance mode a lot of the year, right? Yeah, it really so, was, you know, I really literally awesome. for six months of the year, I, I really didn't work at all. I, I would log into email like, you know, and spend 20 minutes on it a day. Um, didn't build any real new businesses this year. And part of that was also, you know, cause I offloaded, uh, my last job shipping store. So now I have no income from e-commerce anymore, which is going to bite me in the butt if I don't create something else next year or this year in yeah. 2018, but it was still a good year. Uh, and I still didn't spend that much money this year. So my net worth, uh, from, you know, kind of just to, just to take a look at it, Q1, I started the year at $522,000. Um, mm-hmm. in total net worth in July. And so in Q2, it dropped because I had a, a lot of income tax to pay. So that actually dropped to 518. But then last quarter, it shot up 
about 40 grand to 563. And this year I'm ending 2017 and starting 2018 just shy of. No, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I'm at 599,543 bucks. I was going to ask if you crossed six. Yeah. Uh, hey, awesome. can, can I borrow it, it, 470 bucks, Sam? <laughs> yes, you can. I'll, I'll actually PayPal it to you right now. No, please Give me don't. your PayPal address. I don't want to start. Do I don't want to start the year okay. in debt. So Johnny's crossed 600,000, we'll call it, probably because by the time you wake up tomorrow, your VTI investments will put you across <laughs> that. But for any of the listeners who haven't been following from the early on, we started this podcast, you were under 250, and almost all of your gains have been through investing, right? Yeah. And investing in your dropshipping store, which is investing in yourself. So, I mean, that's incredible because I think it's mostly incredible to me because watching your lifestyle you've done this in you've done this on your own terms you haven't been in an office you haven't been you haven't been uh location centric for anyone else's goals you've been doing whatever you want and that actually made me change a lot of the course of what i was doing over the last uh the last quarter because i was so stressed out when we did our q4 updates i was like and i was listening to you you're like yeah i'm working like three hours a day i'm kind of in maintenance mode snorkeling every day at three in the afternoon living, you know, living the life. And I was just like, I'm here like super stressed, you know, working 12 hours a day in Chiang Mai in like an office, like none of this feels right. Um, but to be able to see you continuously add to your net wealth while living a life on your terms is, is really awesome and, and super inspiring. I, I appreciate that, buddy. And I know you don't want to hear this, but my, my, the biggest lesson that I've learned from you, my, my buddy, is seeing how stressed you are and how unhappy you are. Yeah. Even having such a high net worth, I realized yeah. that money isn't everything and that after a certain amount, you know, after I think the, the article on, you know, when, when they figured out what, what makes you happy is just about 70 grand a year. If we can, yeah. you know, if we make any less, we're going to struggle and stress about not having money to pay bills or go on vacation or things like that. But really anything over that, we pretty much have everything that we want to make us happy. And, you know, seeing when you were stressed out and, you know, and not, you know, a hundred percent happy. And I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Just making more or just becoming a net worth millionaire isn't going to make me happy. I have to start focusing on the other things right now. And I've seen you get less stressed over the, over the time as well. So I'm very happy for you to, you know, not only have achieved the, the wealth freedom, but also now recognize that there's also more to life to, you know, for overall happiness too. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and this, this last year was definitely a lot of stress, but it was also my best investing year ever. And I realized that every year doesn't have to be this good. But if every year is, let's just say it's half as good, right? In, in terms of investing, it's more than enough for me to basically retire on very happily. Well, I can't use the word happily, but f- financially free, right? And not have to worry about money. But how, when I look back to the happiest points of this year, it is very, very clear. The two, the two best points were walking across Ireland and skiing in Tahoe. And that was every single day you're doing something active. You have a, it's pretty simple. Like, you know, when you're skiing, you're skiing four hours a day, you're coming back, you're hanging out at the hotel, drinking coffee and, and powing around. When we're walking across Ireland, you've never had a more simple life. It's you wake up, you walk, you go to a pub, have a beer, you eat food, but it's all about having good people around and being in nature. And that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've learned this year is, you know, those, those two times I was spending the least of the entire year 
those two months, I was only spending like $4,000 a month. And some of the times that I was spending 10, 12, 15, last month I spent 17, were incredibly stressful, unhappy, and wasteful. Uh, so there's a lot of learnings that I'm taking in 2018, and I continue to learn from you and, and watch your lifestyle um, and work-life balance. Well, you know, it, it's such a good dynamic that we have, you know, me coming up, we have you I don't want to say coming down, but coming down, um, <laughs> <laughs> not net worth wise, but like coming, like, you know, becoming more grounded and, you know, kind of getting back to, to nature yeah. and the roots and kind of the simple things in life, you know, and community. Yeah. yeah. Community is huge. I think that's what makes this podcast so dynamic is we have, you know, the person trying to be a millionaire and then the person trying to, you know, find out, you know, now that I am a multimillionaire, you know, what should I do? Right. Yeah, and that's a long, that's a very long quest that I think a lot of people are struggling with. And I think even you met uh, Tim Ferriss and I had the opportunity to meet him at at uh, what was the conference called? It was Day Des- with Destiny. Day with Destiny. Uh, with yeah. t- it was a Tony Robbins event, and that actually, honestly, I I think that everyone listening to this, including you, will find something from that event. It's it's not for everyone. You know, I'm sure a lot of people will hate it. You know, honestly, I actually think you would hate the first day because a lot of it is just forcing you to become uncomfortable and do things that you don't want to do. Uh, you know, even, th- mm-hmm. even silly things like <laughs> standing up to dance every 30 minutes <laughs> for like a awkwardly long amount of time with a bunch of strangers. But he does everything for a purpose, you know, and he asks, you know, he forces you to really ponder and think about questions that most of us can answer in 30 seconds. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, um, what is your goal or what do you want to do? But what he'll do is he'll force you just think about it for the next four hours, knowing that in that amount of time, there's a very good chance that you'll actually change that answer or you'll really kind of see the, the both sides of it. And at the end of the night at 2 a.m. when he finally lets you go home, you'll, you might click and be like, Oh my God, I've been asking the wrong question this whole year. Yeah. Wow. It's, I'd love just to give Tony Robbins a hug. I feel like that would just be a great man hug. Uh, but he's, um, you know, if if you haven't read any of his books or watched him, you you definitely should. The guy's like he's inspired so many people and helped so many people. His books are great, and he always carries a very good positive message. So if you're looking for some new material this New Year's, check out some of Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah, I like it. Should we just jump into what books we've read and liked from this year? Yeah, definitely. Let's just uh, just two more that two more winners that I think you and I both share on the investment front that. I, for me, they're staples in my investment portfolio. I think they are for you too. Pier Street and Fundrise, both, I think, I would say the, the kind of the, the tip of our alternative investment portfolio and both were up over 9% very consistently last year. And I'm personally very pleased with both of those. Yeah, me too. I, I almost feel like I'm getting a bit spoiled. I think when I first started this podcast with you or even before, in my mind, it would be very hard to to make five percent gains. I, you know, that was yeah. kind of the number I was shooting for. And I was like, if we can make five percent, we're set, we're happy. And ten percent was a, kind of like the magic elusive number, or nine or ten percent. Now, after we've interviewed so many people on the show and we've had exposure to so many different asset classes, in my mind, I'm like, ah, nine percent—that's just average. That's just not, like that's what's expected nowadays. Yeah, no, it's it's been fantastic and so consistent, especially with Pier Street. I mean, the 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 payments come in monthly. A lot of the loans come due monthly, so there's always liquidity in it. And after going out to LA, you, John, if you're out in California, oh, you're back in Chiang Mai, but you get out there, you got to go see their their operation is so impressive. 
Uh, I think I'm going to add to that position probably this year. But again, ver- like very pleased with them, and it's, it's it's I'm so glad that we got into some of these a couple years ago because if I'd never met you, I don't think I and talked about Lending Club. I don't think I ever would have even started getting into these investments. Yeah, definitely. And I personally now have sixty three grand in Pure Street, and what I do is I have it set up. 12 months, which means uh, every single month in my new investments kind of, you know, when something gets, gets paid due, something else automatically invests again, which to me is, is semi-liquid. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get all my money out at one time, but if I ever needed to get my money out, basically I can just stop the auto-invest and I can get money back out every single month. So it's kind of an yeah. easy, secure way to keep money and earn 9% interest versus having it in the bank. Great. All right. Give me one more question on the investing stuff. Your Vanguard did great last year. My Wealthfront account outperformed my Vanguard account just because I think they're doing it a bit smarter than I'm doing my Vanguard. If you put more money into either of those, which one, which one are you going to put money into in 2018? So what's funny is I was helping a friend set up some kind of auto investing and we looked in Wealthfront, we looked at Betterment and then we looked at, at Vanguard and I realized that both the auto, the robo investors, Wealthfront and Betterment, which we've had on uh-huh. both shows is, or we've had both of them on the show. They now force you even at 10 out of 10 risk to invest in not just like a little bit of bonds and things like that, but also a lot of emerging markets and foreign markets. So none of yeah. them actually let you invest just in the US. And I'm wondering if they either know something that we don't know where, you know, you know, through the boggleheads and we kind of just learned, Hey, we can just invest in the total U.S. stock market because a lot of uh, American companies are international anyway. So we don't really have to worry about uh, investing through foreign or or emerging markets. But the fact that both better and Vanguard are forcing you to invest a pretty significant amount, I think it's about 20% into emerging and foreign markets. I'm wondering now, you know, if, if that's a genius move on their side, uh, if they know something that we don't know or they just want to be different? I think time will tell. I am t- leaning towards trusting. I'm, I use Wealthfront. I also use Betterment. I think Betterment's great as well. I think you can, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But I think that their value-added services they use with tax loss harvesting, I think that that plus the algorithms they use and the intelligence they use is better than me trying to figure this out through my Vanguard account, which... My Vanguard account is my best effort at creating a Four Seasons portfolio that is just really, really solid. But I think that Wealthfront has been doing a much better job. And even though you have to pay them 25 basis points for account management fee, I think it's worth it for a buy and hold strategy. So I'm going to be putting more money into that this year and less into my own Vanguard do-it-yourself portfolio. Okay. Very interesting. I've been putting money into my Wealthfront just into my SEP IRA just because it's um, it's just easier to do, set up and do internationally yeah. than my Vanguard. So I'm going to continue putting money into Vanguard every month on the 15th. But instead of just putting money into VTI, which is the total stock index, I'm actually starting to put money into VXUS, which is mm-hmm. the international stocks, uh, as well as the one that is um, the val- the the value stocks. Uh, I don't remember the ticker yeah. symbol right now, but 
I think actually what a good episode that a lot of you will benefit from is if we did one on index funds 101, where we kind of just walk people through how to set up, you know, a, a monthly auto invest if they should use Betterment, Wealthfront or Vanguard and kind of that whole setup because that's basically what I did with my friend. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in that situation or have a friend or sure. a family member in that situation that they're just like, how do I even get started? Yeah, for sure. So let's jump into books. But for all the listeners out there, if you're interested in any of these, all these uh, companies and investment opportunities that we've talked about, Fundrise, Peer Street, Wealth Street, uh, Wealthfront, Art of FX, other ones, take a look and we'll have links for them in the show notes. Yeah, or just, you know, subscribe to Invest Like a Boss on your phone or go to investlikeaboss.com and just look through the archives. You know, we've had on 80 episodes before this now. You can learn something from every episode. They're all free. So share those with your friends. You know, pick and choose the episodes that interest you the most to start. But honestly, just, you know, there's been a lot of listeners who have written reviews or emailed us saying, I'm starting from episode one and I'm, I'm learning something in every single episode. Booyah. Okay, books. Johnny, what or some books that you got through this year? You don't have to name them all, but give me some of the ones that myself and listeners should definitely check out in the new year. Yeah, so I've been listening to a lot more books this year, especially in audio format, because I've realized that as much as I like podcasts for kind of entertainment value, it's a nice casual conversation. Sometimes I just want to just, you know, just just sit down and basically just like learn something really quickly and not not think too much. It just kind of just jumps straight into the learning, have it be like 20, 30 minutes of just targeted. This is how you do it. And then I, you know, we'll, we'll switch to a podcast when I want something a little bit more lighthearted or if I'm like cooking or, you know, going for a walk. But audiobooks have been the best thing that I've done this year. I've actually broke my Kindle backs and then I didn't buy a new one because I realized I don't ever make the time to read, but I'll always have time to listen to an audiobook. So I signed up for audio. Audible. And if you guys want to sign up, if you haven't done it yet, go to investlikeaboss.com slash audio, and you can make an account that supports this podcast, but also you get a free book, which is highly recommended, especially because every month they force you to, you know, <laughs> All right. to read another book because you don't want to waste your money. You know, So you're All like, right. well, I, I have these credits every month. Let me just get another book. And these are the ones that I would recommend to start with. My favorite books of the year, starting with a, an OG classic, was How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I cannot believe I put off for this long to finally read, but it is it is highly valuable. Uh, I really liked the Shoe Dog memoir, I guess, by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, which is one of the CEOs, mm-hmm. which for whatever reason, we just don't know that much about, uh, followed by Elon Musk's uh, doc, um, autobiography or well, biography by yes. Ashley Vance. That was incredible. If you guys like Tesla or you, you know, and you think you know a lot about him, definitely read this book. You only get a much bigger insight. And then, uh, the three books that I read that was more about the personal development side was one is I dove through all of Tony Robbins' old books, including Awaken the Giant Within, which is an old book, but mm-hmm. filled with good, good things. And two newer books, one was called The Happiness Equation, which is just a, a book about, you know, how to be in the moment and just enjoy life and not stress so much. And then um, Mark Madsen's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> I have not read that, but I see it everywhere. It's, it's definitely on my list. Um, so I'm actually really happy. Also, also an Audible user here. 
it's very difficult for me to to get into reading books anymore because I'm just always on the go, always distracted, always setting up a new routine. So audiobooks for me is a great way just to to kill time. I'm on a flight, a bus, whatever. It makes it's enjoyable. It makes makes the moment a little bit more pure. So I went from Q3 not reading any books, which is extremely atypical for me, and I was actually quite depressed about to getting heavily back into it this last quarter. And I I was so happy to to start learning about some new topics. But I got through ten books. Um, the most the ones that I enjoyed the most were actually on artificial intelligence. So man, there's just like there's there's this massive convergence of all these technologies that are happening right now, right now at this time with AI, you got drones, self-driving cars, virtual reality, you have all types of new ways to leverage big data, neurosciences. There's all these things that are really like they're starting to hit this exponential curve. And at the end of last quarter, I was like, wow, I'm, I feel like I'm not even relevant anymore. Like I'm I'm getting outdated and my parents always told me when I was going to school as like a little kid, like, you know, I wasn't a real cool kid. I was just kind of like halfway dork, halfway sports guy, kind of in between a lot of things. But they're like, you know, you got to be really nice to all the dorks in school because one day they're going to rule the world. Computers are going to rule the world and dorks are going to rule computers. And I thought that was actually really insightful of my parents. And I that is what's happening now. It's not like the type A super business hustlers that are going to rule the world. It's going to be the people that that run artificial intelligence and all these new technologies, right? So I felt like I was getting way behind on these things. So I, I put in a big effort this last quarter to start getting caught up on some of these new technologies. And two books on artificial intelligence. I mean, you, th- this is like for blockchain as well. Like a lot of people that made all the money in blockchain are these, you know, these, these uh, parents' basements nerds that got into it in 2012 and, and had an understanding of what it could be. But two really good books on artificial intelligence that pretty much anyone can understand. Life 3.0 is about a three and a half hour book and is just kind of high level of what's happening, what, you know, what some certain scenarios could play out. And then survive, um, I'm sorry, that's surviving AI. It's about a three and a half hour book. And then Life 3.0 is a fantastic book. It's about 14 hours long if you're into the deep stuff. And this has been, this has taken me almost a month to get through because it's really heavy. You got to stop it every hour and just like think through it. But also a really, really good, thoughtful look into artificial intelligence, where it could go. And it's an exciting, exciting world ahead. So I'd recommend everyone try to, to take a look into those things and really start understanding some of the new technologies because whether you think you can create it, be an entrepreneur around it, you definitely want to understand it because there's going to be all types of ways to profit from it in the future. I like it. Very cool. Uh, any books that you regret reading that wasn't worth your time? <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I As much as I like Tony Robbins, I read Unshakable and I was sort of disappointed in it because I thought it was just an abridged version of Money Master of the Game. Now, Money Master of the Game, when I read it, it was an extremely impressionable book on me. One of the reasons that you and I started this podcast, I would put it on the same level as Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you read it at the right time and it's got the right message, it's going to make a super impression and probably change your life, as did both of those books. 
But when I read Unshakable, I was like, this is this is all more the same. Um, we also had a lot more investing knowledge because we've been running this, the podcast for the last two years. But Unshakable to me, it there's almost nothing that I took away from it that I don't think I got from Money Master the Game. And then there's a couple of super deep books on theory that were like uh, from from bacteria to Bach and back, and also the the rules of the Serengeti. I was I had high expectations for, but just never really got into it. But um, but all the other books I read, I'll leave links to it in the show notes. There's Dual Momentum, The Quiet American, The Hardest Decision, which is a book on Vietnam War, uh, Killing Patton, which is a Bill O'Reilly book. He does a series on like controversial deaths, like Patton Kennedy. Uh, who's the other one? Who's the other? Abraham Lincoln, fantastic book. So and Poor Richard's Almanac. So I'll leave links to all these in the show notes. Not enough time to get into every one of them, but. The most impressionable ones were, were really getting caught up in current on artificial intelligence, where it is and where it can go. So super fascinating stuff. Okay. I like it. Um, the three books that I, I invested some time into that kind of regret buying, even with my Audible um, token, <laughs> was When to Rob a Bank by Freakonomics. I used to really like them. I think some of their episodes of the podcast are amazing. And then some of just they just dropped the ball. And this book was just... Not that interesting. Uh, astrophysics yeah. for people in a hurry with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I thought it was going to be very kind of fun and, uh, easy, not, I don't want to say easy to consume, but just kind of, uh, you know, li- like literally written for people who were a bit more layman's, but it's so deep and complex that it's, I'm, I'm sure if I actually wanted to learn astrophysics, it would be a great book, but it is way over my head. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to listen to that anymore. And actually, a really interesting book called Everyone Lies is about big data and what Google searches actually tell us about what people really think and believe versus you know what people say they, they, they actually believe in. Is it very interesting, but it's – I mean, you can summarize the book in, in like a, pay, a blog post and – yeah, it's it's not worth reading the entire book for. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, books are really the best investment we can ever make. For fifteen to twenty five dollars per book, we can get years of knowledge by an expert. Uh, and you know, now now that it's so easy to consume a book while listening in audio format, especially because you know Audible uh, has a one point two five x speed where. If, you know, the book is a bit dry or dull, just listen to it at slight fast forward and you can just get through it, you know, in 75% of the time and learn a lot from the book. So at the end of the day, these $20 books that we're buying is the best investment we'll ever make. And I highly believe in that. So if you guys want to get started, go to investlikeaboss.com slash audio. Make that a goal for 2018 is to start reading at least a book a month. I mean, they, they've done studies where... The most successful people in the world, the richest people in the world, you know, pretty much every single multimillionaire I've ever met consumes a lot of books, learns a lot. So this is your way to get started. And if you guys are looking for other book recommendations, go to investlikeaboss.com and click on start here. And it's got 33 of Johnny and my's top recommendations of books that cover everything from elementary level finance to self-improvement to very uh, advanced investing and finance stuff. So take a look there. So Johnny and I just took a leak break because we're both, Johnny's drinking a lot of water and I am consuming a lot of wine in my makeshift office in my enterprise rental car. And now we're back. Okay, Johnny, where do we leave off? 
All right. So <laughs> let's just quickly talk about what um, investments we want to make for 2018 going forward. All right. Well, I'll kick it off. My plan is I have two commitments I've already verbally committed to for investing in private equity companies, uh, aka startups. So there's a company, CN, that I invested in the seed level round. They've done well. They're going to raise a Series A. So I'm verbally committed to that. And other than that, what I'm really excited about is um, is actually these 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 really boring municipal bond funds that are they're very stable. They pay out about five percent tax free, which in the U.S. is kind of a free lunch. In a lot of other countries, you can get tax free dividends, tax free earnings. In the U.S., it's very very difficult. So if I can make five percent tax free, it's basically like making eight and a half percent taxable but also a lot less paperwork. And it's also nice not paying ta- as much tax when you don't even step foot in, your, in the country you're paying tax to all year. So I'm going big in municipal bond funds. I'm trying to shift another 5% into that this year. Uh, my angel investments, my start angel startup, private equity investments as a whole have done very well. And they're the most exciting thing to be part of, of all my investments. So I'm going to do more in that. And then for my public equities and bonds, I'm going to go more into wealth front, less into vanguard because it's just outperformed the last few years and i like the way they're doing things so i'm going to stick with that okay i like it uh so for me i'm going to really get back to basics and start putting the exact you know actually put money into my vanguard regardless of if the market is going up or down um i'm really going to just i'm actually literally going to just sit down and write down what i'm going to do on each day of the month um, in terms of investing and just not sway from that no matter what, write out a plan for what I'm going to do if the markets go down. And the other thing I'm going to do is what the new thing I'm going to invest in, I'm going to look into buying a piece of actual physical real estate, a turnkey real estate. Um, wow. I've, I've been looking at one in Indiana, actually, through Maverick and uh, Investor Group, which we've had on the show. It'd be just nice to have a physical piece of property somewhere i haven't jumped the gun on anything yet because i want to you know i'm kind of weighing the pros and cons of having something tangible versus just having everything Mm. virtual which is easier Uh, but i'm looking into that and also i have decided i'm definitely gonna you know do what i I keep telling myself and i'm gonna put just five percent i think the ten percent was a bit a bit high of a risk for me to lose and that's what was stopping me but now i'm gonna put five percent which is about 25 grand uh into gambling so not not going to vegas not going to macau to uh hit the roulette reel but i am going to put five percent which is 25 grand into things like cryptocurrency knowing that there's a big chance i'm gonna lose all of it but at the same time there's a big chance that this really is the new internet i i have i'm a big believer that some type of crypto is gonna be the future i don't know if it's gonna be bitcoin itself but i don't want to have the FOMO of missing out on the next big thing. So I'm going to put a little bit of money into some non-scammy ICOs. It's going to be hard to wade through the 99% of them that are complete worthless, yeah. but I'm sure there's going to be one or two unicorns out there. And just because, you know, we have the network of really smart people. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to the, the bartender, the waitress or the stripper about what they're investing in, but you know, the people I trust, the people that I know, you know, are rational and prudent, you know, I might take a listen to that and 
put a little bit of money into something a bit more volatile and hopefully swing for that big home run win. So it's funny. We'll have to take a listen to, you know, this is what our plan is. And it'll be fun to look at the end of 2018 and see what did we actually do? Did we stick to the plan or did we jump into another 50 investments? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we'll see about that. And, you know, it's been over an hour already. So we didn't even get to what we did in 2017 with travel and living because both Sam and I have done really, really cool adventures this year. And one of the big reasons why people invest money and want to have uh, financial freedom is so you can have location freedom or independence. So you can travel, do adventures and do all the cool things. So what we're going to do instead of making this a two-hour podcast is we're going to hop over to Travel Like a Boss podcast and we're going to record a kind of Happy New Year 2017 recap episode there. So hop over to Travel Like a Boss podcast and take a listen to episode 185 and you can listen all about the travel and living goals and progress uh, stuff over there. Johnny, before we break, give me your goals for 2018 goals and resolutions you can roll into one and make it inspiring because i need some inspiration right now all right so i'll leave it financial and investing at least for the show it's really going to be to be consistent to not not waver and get my 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 base income back up so then i have more money to start investing you know i can't let my my income drop and just live off of investments yet because doing my calculations, I need 2.5 million net worth to be able to live completely off of investment income. Right now I'm at 0.5. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the best 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6 now. Yeah, almost <laughs> 0. 0.599. Uh, so for me, in order for me to get my investing income up high enough where I can really be a full-time investor, which is going to be amazing. Cause that's really passive income 4.0, you know, the best type of passive income, I need to get my my actual income back up again. And honestly, I'm kind of just running out of cash to invest because every week we have something new and exciting that I want to put 10 grand in. And now I've done that mm-hmm. with like 20 different things. Yeah, right. Good. Well, you have a great platform to leverage you, your personal brand, all your other brands. You know at any time that you want to really dig deep and turn it on, you can. It's just a personal decision. And I think it's all an experiment that you and I are both living out full time, figuring out where the balance is. Where's the balance in work? Where's the balance in life? Where's the balance in adventure? And all the other things that make true wealth. True wealth isn't just money. It is spirit. It is emotions. It is mental. It is love. It is romance. It's family. It's community. It's all these things. And finding that balance, it's a lifelong pursuit. So all we can do is do the best and share our experiences along the way. I love it. And what are your goals, uh, at least financially for this year? So financially, I hit I hit my big financial goal this year, which was I never made public, but it was always something that, you know, I always it, it was my first big financial goal. Basically, this year, I want to I have a few bucket list things I want to do. I want to go to Rio Carnival. I want to see the midnight sun up in Iceland in the summer. Iceland, you could do it in Norway or Sweden or any of those countries as well. Uh, I want to do a tactical weapons course, which is like you go train with with special force people and and learn how to you know shoot and fight and do all types of cool stuff. I'm gonna leave a lot of the the, the business goals out because the last ten years of my life have been so business goal oriented 
that I, I am a strong believer that if you want a goal, you need to make it very, very specific. You can't just go out and say, I want to make as much money and save as much money as I can. You have to put an exact number on it. But I've lived my life on that by that sword for the last 10, 12 years that I'm, I'm just I need to I need to get off of it for a bit. So my big thing this year is resolution wise is have no conflicts, be less judging and less stress. And all three of those go together. And my big um, I'll say my big initiative this year is I want to network because what I've learned through this podcast is how much I really enjoy meeting pe- smart people that I am not directly connected to. Right. And every time I go to a conference or an event, I just spent uh, four days out in Hong Kong before I came over here to the U.S. And those four days were more impactful networking wise than the entire rest of the year were like going out there and just being at conferences, shaking hands, getting to know people. It's a, and every time you do it, yes, it's a little uncomfortable. It's, you know, you got to get up early, you stay up late, you got to give out business cards and all this stuff. But after you get done with it and you look back, you're like, wow, that was, that was really awesome. I'm really happy I did that. So to rein that in for the new year, I'm doing something. Uh, have you ever heard of Atlas 400? No. What is that? It's basically like a business networking club. It's all self-made people, and there's a, f- a few other requirements that you have to do. That I applied to it about a uh, a month ago. I got accepted. It's very expensive, but it's it's a type of network that I've always wanted to be able to break into. I don't have like the family or direct friends that are in that type of next level network. So I'm going to join that this year. I got accepted as a nominee. And um, they do like three or four big trips and meetups each year that I'm going to do like the first one this year and, and see how it goes. And that's not the, the be all end all for networking, but I think that'll be a good thing. And I'm going to make an effort to go to three or four big conferences this year, including the um, the North America Bitcoin conference down in Miami in the end of January, I think January 18th to 22nd. And I'm just going to, I'm going to do those things. Those are the things that like you can't be lazy and go to conferences. You just got to do it. You got to get the flight. You got to go. You got to network. And every time you do it, I guarantee it's going to be a rewarding event. And that's what I want to do this year. I love it. Great goals. And for all of you, let us know your goals. Go to the Boss Lounge. Go to investlikeaboss.com. Click on bonus and you'll get an invite to the private member forums, uh, Facebook group of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. You can connect with some of the past guests, you can connect with Sam and I, and also you can, more importantly, connect with fellow like-minded investors or wannabe investors or experienced investors in the Boss Lounge. So check that out. If you want to know more about the travel and lifestyle version of our 2017 goals and updates as well, what we, what we've done, uh, hop over to Travel Like a Boss podcast. You really should be listening to both uh, podcast if you want to get kind of uh, your head around kind of the lifestyle and investing. So Sam, great episode, great year. Very, very proud to have you as my partner and the co-host of Invest Like a Boss. You've done so much this year. Invest Like a Boss would not be around if you weren't hustling, getting on all these amazing guests on the show, spending the time to you know track them down, hunt them down, get them on the show as well as you know deal with the time zone changes and all the travel. So I really appreciate you and I love you, buddy. Johnny, if you want to go uh, full tilt circle jerk, I, <laughs> I am so happy that we've been doing this. I love doing the FaceTime each month. Congratulations in your own pursuit. You've been inspiring to me to find that work-life balance and continue to see you progress even in years that you go mostly maintenance mode to be able to continue to grow your wealth 
through a lot of the investing that we've learned through the podcast. So couldn't be more happy that we're doing this. Hopefully all the listeners out there, especially if you've been listening since day one, you're taking similar steps to John and I, crafting that portfolio, investing in new investments, and you know, building out our dreams because that's what we're all here to do. We're here to build our dreams, whatever those dreams are. And um, make sure you make specific goals this year. Don't leave them abstract. Write down on paper, pen and paper, what you want to do this year. Go out and make that dream a reality. And we're all going to do a big, big 2018 together. I love it. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, tell a friend about this podcast. Change their life by sharing with him the knowledge that you've learned and gained. And we'll see you guys all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.